Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Hello, welcome to another episode of Not Just Talk with me, Jillian Ahonen. I took the whole month of April off, and let me just tell you, it was really weird, so I'm excited to jump back in and share with you whatever God puts on my heart. And today we are going to talk about what I call God confidence. We live in a culture where there's a lot of self-confidence. We talk about uh, building ourselves up, self-talk, and all of these things. And I want to introduce something completely different because self is limited, God is unlimited. And so that's what we're going to unpack today. I'm going to share portions of my book, Ripple Effect, And I'm also going to share with you a powerful moment and a powerful interaction that I had with the Holy Spirit over 16 years ago that was a monumental moment in my life. It was a game changer and honestly has set me up to be unshakable in so many different situations Um, whether I'm being torn down by life, by people, (laughs) that negative talk that was in my mind that used to come in and interfere, causing me to feel less than or insecure based on my situation, circumstances, or maybe I messed up big time. Uh, They're just not in there anymore. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what we're going to unpack. But before I get started, I want to share with you what's been going on in the month of April because it's been so long. I don't know if you follow me on social media, So you see updates, you see things going on in my family, but in April it was busy, but it was good busy. We had our family vacation and my daughter and son in love and their two sweet boys came with us. We do every year. Been doing that since my husband and I got married and it was so, it was just, it was just a really nice time to come together as a whole family. And it was the first time that my oldest son I was able to come in a couple of years because he had gone away for school and he's home now. So that was, oh, that was amazing. And last year it was really cool because we found out that our daughter was pregnant with Ryder on our last year's vacation. And this year Ryder got to be with us. So it was it was awesome. And then we also celebrated, um, my husband and I celebrated our anniversary. We went away for a couple of days. Well, actually we stayed local. Um, but to me it was away and I love Temecula. So there's so many places, there's just so many beautiful places here. So I actually really like just finding a place close to home. My kids are close if there's an emergency and my older kids just really step up to the plate and it was a really good time. Uh, it was also my husband's birthday And (laughs) here's the other thing about me is I rearranged my downstairs. So if you don't already know this, everything in my house, seriously, like 95% of the stuff in my house that I've decorated, including furniture, is used. I sell, trade, get free things somehow. I don't know. It just works out. Um, I buy used. I repaint. I refinish and I make it my own. And I was sitting in my kitchen 
years ago, I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but years ago, I didn't like the way my downstairs functioned. It was just, it just wasn't working. And um, so I ended up getting this vision where we tore down a wall, we created a new seating area because this den area just wasn't used. Our dining room was not even near the kitchen. It was really weird. It was completely on the other side of the downstairs, away from everything. And it's actually now my office. Uh, We put barn doors up. And uh, so I moved the, um, the dining table in the family area right off of the kitchen so that it was right there. Well, here is the problem. And honestly, it looked really, really good. But here's the problem with that. Two things. The really beautiful sitting room that I created after we tore down the wall and opened up the downstairs really didn't get sat in very often. Um, Even though it has this really cool bench seat around the fireplace, I'm really the only one who ever sits there during the winter when I have the fire on. (laughs) Nobody else does. So that sitting room was just this big empty space that was really beautifully, I feel it was really beautifully decorated, but nobody was using it. Everybody was gathering around the kitchen table. And here's the thing, the kitchen table only seats six. I have seven people living in my house and every Sunday we have family get togethers. And a lot of times we include, which to me are my family, my spiritual daughter and her husband and her baby girl come over. And right there we've got, oh gosh, what is that? 10 people. 10. Yeah, for my table of six. And I'm just going, okay, this isn't functioning. And for two years now, I see this sitting room and I'm like, man, if I put a big dining table in there and turn that into a big dining room, that would be really cool. But then I was sad to lose that beautiful sitting room that I had designed. So anyway, I took the plunge and it was, it's, it was a much bigger project than I anticipated. We still need to repaint the wall in there because I've hung and rehung things and it's just tore up. But I sold my table that I bought on uh, Facebook Marketplace for $30, I think like three years ago. I refinished it. I sold that. I already had eight chairs. I bought another table off of uh, Facebook Marketplace, added those eight chairs, and then I got two end chairs to make it a table for 10. It's so cool. And I've got little details that I'm doing, moving furniture around. Um, But anyway, it's turned into a really big project, but I'm super, super excited. I think it looks really good, and I'm glad I did it. So anyway, that was the month of April, and when I take on these projects in my house, because I just get this creative little thing going, I'm like, ooh, that'd be cool if I did this, and I start buying and selling and trading, because I like to sell stuff to have the money to then buy what I'm looking for, so that it doesn't hurt us financially. So anyway, hey, by the way, you can actually really decorate your house and make it look incredible um, by selling what you own and buying used. Just looking for what you want takes more time, but you know what? It doesn't break the bank, so it's awesome. So anyway, there's that. And I probably rambled on for way too long, and I probably should have stuck my timer on my phone so that I could keep track of how long I'm rambling but I didn't. So we're going to start that timer now so that I don't take an hour and a half to get to my point. Okay. This is a really big deal. I think, no, not I think. It is critical that we are rooted in our identity through Christ, not through an anointing, not through successes, not through giftings, not through what we can do, but through Christ. Because the truth is, is life shakes And when our identity is rooted in Christ, we don't shake with life. Life people will never have the ability to change how we feel or what we think about ourselves when our identity is established 
through Jesus and we walk around with that kind of confidence. And sometimes people can feel concerned that you become arrogant, puffed up. But the truth is, is when you are actually established in your identity in Christ, you are so confident but it's a humble confidence. There's no pride in it because it's everything Jesus paid for and everything he is, and you can't earn it. And I even see, to be totally honest with you, I see a lot of people in the church where they they know what to say to appear confident, but the root underneath it is really they're confident in their giftings or they're confident because they're super involved in church and they get a lot of accolades for what they do or maybe their ministry is really big and they kind of build their confidence around that. Um, And the only reason why I'm able to discern that is because the Holy Spirit has revealed these things to me as I have conversations or we get personal and they share their struggles and it goes back to this truth that there are just, and I don't want to say they're insecure, but I would say that there's more layers in there that need to be removed so that they can become rooted and anchored in a deeper confidence in the Lord. If you've followed me for any amount of time, if you've read any of my stuff, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, read either one of my books, you know that I've gone through a lot. Um, I have, I, I've been in an abusive marriage. I've experienced spiritual abuse. Um, I've had, you know, I was picked on when I was younger, not too badly, but enough. It, it ends up in there. And, you know, there's just a lot of stuff. And in my younger years, I had a lot of fear and I had a lot of insecurity, but I didn't realize it. I knew it, but it was kind of a subconscious thing that I just lived with. It wasn't anything that I walked around, I'm like, oh, I'm insecure. Because there was a lot of things that I did like about me over time. So I didn't really realize how many insecurities that I had inside of me until, um, and this is where I want to share what, um, how God worked and helped me rebuild my identity in him, I didn't realize how many thoughts inside of my mind were interfering with the ability to live by faith, to be confident in what God says, and to be able to follow his lead no matter what, until he released me from my abusive marriage, and I didn't go. It took me a year and a half after being, I mean, and I knew I was released. The Lord had given me a scripture. I shared that in a podcast. Um, And I really struggled to confidently faith forward. That's why you're going to hear me say faith forward a lot, because the truth is, is we live by faith, not by sight. And so a lot of the movements forward that we need to do in our life is trusting what God is saying, not not what we're seeing, thinking, or feeling, and faith forward. Um, but I really struggled. I really struggled. I had a lot of fears and I didn't realize what was going on because it was kind of in the back of my mind until the Holy Spirit took me on a journey and revealed to me, um, the belief system I was actually living out of that was dictating the direction of my life. It was causing me to live by fear and not by faith. And kind of want to back up for a quick minute. I am not saying that you have to have God confidence to go through a divorce. So please do not put words in my mouth and say what I'm not saying. Hear what I'm saying. I was in an abusive marriage. Um, 
He was not safe for me or my kids. He had a drug addiction that he continually cycled back into. He went into rages. We had holes in our walls. He would peel out in his car, disappear for a long period of time. Sometimes I wouldn't even see him until the next morning. I could not trust him alone with our children. Uh, And he didn't want to hold a job either. He did not want to work. Uh, He would... If he didn't get fired from a job, he would quit just before he did get fired. So it just was a really bad situation. I believe the best. I believe in miracles. That's why I really feel very strongly. Do not divorce. Do not divorce. Do not divorce. Do not divorce. Get a word from the Lord. Get a promise for your marriage because I guarantee God has a promise for your marriage, even if it feels like it's crazy and bad. Um, Most of it is just poor marriage tools, poor communication, and to be perfectly honest, most marriage problems are because two individuals are looking to fulfill a need in each other instead of getting fulfilled in the Lord and making him center of the marriage. So there's my little marriage advice. This has nothing to do with going through a divorce. This is simply the journey that God has taken me on to build my confidence in him and make sure that my identity is in him through Christ, what Christ paid for and not in myself or in other people. Okay, (laughs) just wanted to get that out there. Make it super clear, right? Okay, so God had released me from my marriage and I, I struggled to walk forward. I struggled to go through the steps of what that would look like. I was bombarded with, I'm going to destroy my family, I'm going to destroy the kids, I'm going to tear apart a home, I believe that God can do anything, I believe the God of miracles, Um, and what was interesting is I had already had established a personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, I know if you've followed me and you've heard this, so this this might be a little bit of a repeat, I'm not going to go deeply into it, but When I was 18 years old, I found out I was pregnant, and I ran back to Jesus. I mean, I was raised in a Christian home, and I believed that I was forgiven, that I was seen through the blood of Jesus. I knew that if I repented and turned from my ways, that I would be received back, and I ran back to Jesus. I was confident in that area. I knew what Jesus paid for, and I knew that I was forgiven, and I I knew I did not want to raise a child the way I was living. I wanted to go back to um, the truth. I wanted to raise my, well, I didn't know at the time, but my daughter, I wanted to raise her um, as a Christian. And I, I, I just dove head first into a relationship with Jesus. I think before I definitely had a relationship with Jesus, but it was not deep. It wasn't my own faith. A lot of it was mostly my parents' faith. Um, And that was when I developed my own faith and my own relationship. And so from that point on, from 18 on, I started to talk to God. He became my best friend. I really stopped making decisions without talking to him, praying through them. I wanted, or yeah, praying, well, praying through the decision. Yeah, no, that was right. I said that right. (laughs) Um, I, I didn't make decisions without praying And I I just, I wanted to honor him. I wanted to honor him. And, you know, that was a process. Like, I definitely had to overcome temptations and things like that. And that was a process. That was a whole other story. But what I didn't realize 
was that as much as I loved God and as much as I had a relationship with him, I went to Bible studies, went to church, went to women's groups, um, went to conferences, and even read books. There was a lot of areas in my life that I, I, I read, I believed, but I didn't feel that way about me. I didn't realize the insecurities that I still had in there, and, uh, but God did. God knew they were in there. And so that's what's really cool. So one of the biggest things that I want to talk about before I keep going is we can't come to these revelations in our own mind. A lot of times what I've just as a coach and as a mentor and as I've counseled people in the body of Christ, I found that what what happens is uh, somebody will read the book, they'll hear what it says, and then they try to believe it for themselves. It's almost like they just repeat it, like, oh, instead of that, it's this, and, and they're doing it actually apart from the vine. They're not doing it through intimacy and through relationship, and so looking back, I can tell you that that is a key. It's really important to partner with the Holy Spirit to boldly and confidently go to the throne room of grace and, and, and get into God's presence and let him speak to your heart, speak his truth to your heart, not something you're trying to manufacture or believe or just repeat. Now, the word doesn't return void, but here's the thing. When the Holy Spirit breathes on it, it comes to life. So we have to do it in him and through him, not apart from him. And, and I think you know, that's another reason why Jesus said, you know, uh, it's impossible unless it's through me. Nothing is impossible through me, and we can't do anything apart from Christ. And we might have these capabilities and these abilities to do certain things, but we're limited. And that's what I want to talk about um, as we go along here, the difference between self-confidence and God-confidence. Self-confidence is what you're trying to convince yourself of. God-confidence is when he speaks it to you. So I'm going to take you back to when the Lord had released me from my marriage. And like I said, it took 18 months. And in that 18-month time frame, I had my regular daily, I call it Jesus time. I, I I was just in his presence. That was the season where I actually started waking up at five o'clock in the morning because I realized that I was a much better mom. <laughs> um, and that was kind of an accident situation. Uh, long story, longer. Uh, do you like stories? I hope so, because <laughs> I tell a lot. Um, I actually was a not a morning person. I totally am now, but I was not a morning person. It was my ex-husband used to wake up um, because there was a brief period of time where he actually worked at the Denver airport and he had to, I think, gosh, he got up like at 3.30 in the morning. He was out the door by 4.30. And so, you know, he would have the coffee pot on and I, I wanted the hot coffee. So I actually rolled out of bed, um, to have a cup of coffee when it was still hot. I didn't want it hours later when it was cold and I didn't want to have to reheat it in the microwave. I wanted fresh hot coffee. So I peeled myself out of bed and it just, it it was a game changer. I, I started to have this, uh, deeper walk with God where it was in the stillness and the quiet before anybody would get up and, oh man, I'm just so hungry for it. I love waking up in the morning with Jesus and letting him speak to my heart. I just encourage you. I mean, you don't have to get up at when it's still dark out like I do, but man, when you just really 
start to have this relationship with God and you give him room to speak to your heart, it's like the scriptures that we read in the Bible just start really coming to life. And one of my favorites is Psalm 27, 8, where it says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. So it's just been beautiful. It's incredible. I'm going to actually put out a podcast. Um, I believe May 17th is the date, and I'm going to talk about what it looks like to um, just dive into the word without getting overwhelmed and let it let it letting it be an interaction between you and your heavenly Father. Uh, so I'm not going to go too deeply on that, but anyway, so this season I'm just letting the Holy Spirit guide my interactions and my Jesus time and. This is something that I think that you can do also. It's very practical, but it's also through the Holy Spirit. It was not me. So what I did, and it was a Holy Spirit-led scenario where I got out my journal and I had a fresh piece of paper and I folded it in half so that down long ways there was a line down the, um, so you know you have two columns on your paper. And the Holy Spirit started showing me what I believed about myself. And all of a sudden, and I just, I'm telling you, this was just a spirit-led activity, but it was powerful. And I started writing down on the left-hand side what I believed about me. And there were so many negative thoughts that I believed about myself, things that I didn't even realize were in there, um, phrases that were spoken over me when I was younger, things that uh, mean kids said to me, um, things that I believed about myself, things that I felt about myself. I, I could not believe the list that was coming and I'm sitting there and I am just broken and I am weeping and I'm like, oh my gosh, because, you know, you go to church for so many years and you hear all these messages, you're a child of God and, you know, you're forgiven and you're redeemed and you're restored and you're the righteousness of Christ and all these things. Um, but if you have a dialogue in the back of your mind that contradicts these truths, you're going to constantly live at war, constantly. And that's what the Holy Spirit was revealing to me. He knew that the reason why I couldn't walk away from this abusive marriage and move forward was because I had too many fears and insecurities that I was subconsciously living from. They were not at the forefront of my mind. I'm sure they came in often, uh, but they were not at the forefront of my mind. They were just clouding me and interfering with my ability to confidently trust God and follow him. And here's the incredible thing of what happened. The Holy Spirit did not just leave me with that list of negatives and put me in a spot where now I had to figure out how to undo it. I just felt this prompt to go get the red Crayola marker <laughs> underneath my daughter's bed in her art box. We had to hide the markers from Chloe because she used to color on herself and on walls. So we had to, and they shared a room. <laughs> so um, I, I went and I got the red marker and I knew that represented the blood of Christ. I knew that that red was a powerful, uh, almost like a prophetic act of washing and uh, pleading the blood of Jesus over and crossing out. And I went and I X'd out the first thing. And I said, Holy Spirit, what do you say? 
so let me let me think of an example of what was on there. See, these these thoughts are so far out of my mind. They're not even in there. I, it's going to take me a minute to even think of one. Um, I, I had feelings of you're too much and you're not enough. Okay, so the thought of you're not enough, and I was like, Holy Spirit, what do you say? And I heard you're more than enough. I died for you. And then I went on to the, and I wrote that in the right-hand column. So next to that feeling that I believed that I was living from was you're not enough. And the Holy Spirit whispered to my heart, you're more than enough. I, my son died for you. And I wrote that in the right-hand column. And in the left-hand column with the red marker, I crossed out the I'm not enough. And I went down that list. One negative phrase, thought, or word that was spoken over me at a time until every single thing that I believed about myself was replaced with truth. And I, my, my tears went from brokenness to just almost like a refreshing breaking inside of me. There was something that shifted inside of me. It was a supernatural transaction to where everything that I thought and I believed out of myself that was clouding me from receiving everything that Jesus paid for was gone. It truly was finished. I started to see myself for the very first time ever through the righteousness of Christ. I saw myself as a royal priest in, let me, let me look it up really fast, in um, 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And I felt for the first time, even though I had been walking with Jesus, I was raised in a Christian home, I, I knew all these things, I, I felt for the first time that I was stepping into the light of, a, of, of what Jesus paid for, and I saw myself in a new light. That view completely and totally shifted everything for me from that moment on because all of a sudden I realized that if God was for me who could be against me I was filled with such a courage and such a boldness to go wherever God told me to I believed what he said I believed that he was that he had gone before me that he was beside me that he was he was with me every step of the way I believed everything he said I was no longer clouded with all of these things coming into my mind interfering fear and insecurity and what about this and what about that and I'll tell you one of the biggest ones was um, what are people going to think of me being a single mom of four kids I mean it was in there I had to get it out. If God is for me, who could be against me? And, and I know that I've already shared on previous podcasts, I, I got a lot of pushback. I, I shared, um, you know, a series on, or not a series, but a podcast on church hurt and why uh, people can't shake me or break me. I'm telling you right now, in order to really receive everything that Jesus paid for and live with an unshakable confidence, you have to have your identity built on him. That's it. And it cannot be self-talk. It has to be through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings revelation of truth and roots it deep in your heart and produces 
the fruit that comes out of it. You cannot do this in your own strength. You have to partner with him. That is why I want to I want to kind of just make it very clear here. When it, when the Bible says that we are royal priests, you have to understand that we can go into the presence of the Almighty now because we are royal priests. Before the blood of Jesus, only the high priest could go into the temple, could go into the presence of God. Because of Jesus, the veil was torn, the curtain was torn, and we can now boldly and confidently go to the throne room of grace. That's where we get empowered through, well, the Holy Spirit is in us. He's infilled us. He's filled us. But interacting in the throne room, in the presence of God, is what Jesus paid for. And this is the intimacy, and this is the relationship that we have to have established in order to actually receive everything that God wants to say to us. A lot of times, like I said before, is it we we keep it up in our head. It's just head knowledge and then we try to believe it. It doesn't work that way. It has to be the Holy Spirit who gives you revelation of truth and that revelation of truth opens your eyes so that you can see and it opens your ears so that you can hear what God is saying, and all of a sudden, all those things that you thought and believed about yourself completely fade away. Like I said, it took me a minute to even come up with something. I mean, there was a long list. There was a long list. It's gone. It's gone. And and it's because I continued to walk, and I declared, I believed. If I had something that came in, I started catching those thoughts so quickly, because a lot of times we don't even realize those thoughts are in there. And the Bible says to take every thought captive, right? Well, how can we take every thought captive if we're not even totally aware they're in there? The Holy Spirit had to reveal to me what I was living from, and then he had to show me the truth so that I knew how to override that negative thought. And that's where I started to really learn how to take those thoughts captive. Now, if anything comes flying in, I'm like, eh, that's not a Jesus thought. That one gets flushed, which I know you've heard me say. Unless you're new. You haven't heard me say this, so I'm going to say it real fast. Anything, any thought that comes in that opposes truth, I call it toilet talk, and it gets flushed right? Because you flush the toilet. You don't want it in there. So there's that. All right. I'm going to read to you from my book, Ripple Effect. All right. Like I've already said, I did not realize all these negative subconscious thoughts that were in my mind that were causing me, uh, well, they were clouding me. It was, I, I could not live by faith and walk confidently in what God was saying in most areas of my life. Um, because our thoughts determine our belief system. So here we go. This is ripple effect. I believe I'm, pa- I'm on page 60. Let's see. Yes, I'm on page 60. Look at that. Okay. Our thoughts determine our true belief system. When we're looking at ourselves through our own belief system, what we find is a flawed individual with strengths and weaknesses. Self-awareness causes us to want to fix our flaws in our own strength or cover up what we don't like, projecting an image of what we feel will make us look good to others, putting our best self forward. Not always, but often. Some just feel completely unworthy and wear garments that match how they feel. Bottom line, self-awareness causes our focus to be on what we think and believe about ourselves, which wavers, not who God says we are, his unwavering truth. Then, when we read what the Bible says about us, we feel a push and pull in our thought life because our thoughts, feelings, and emotions have been given too much power, making it humanly impossible to see ourselves the way God sees us. We've become too self-focused, not looking to God to see ourselves through his heart, 
struggling to believe him at his word. When we're struggling to recognize these truths or an inability to receive what God says, we resort to self-talk, which is not always beneficial. Self-talk usually puts the emphasis on our human understanding, and for many, self-talk is spent beating ourselves down in our head or trying to build ourselves up instead of allowing the word of God to build us up according to what he said. This creates a constant frustration in our minds and hearts because we do not feel the way God does about us. Trying to change our own mind is not only mentally draining, but as soon as we fall short in any given area, we go back to our default belief system, which is human understanding, and feel this pressure to measure up in order to feel good enough. This can easily lead to depression and discouragement. I want to introduce a powerful difference between self-talk and God-talk. Self-talk can change based on our circumstances and feelings that arise. God-talk is through the power of the Holy Spirit, built on His unwavering word that will not change, even when circumstances, thoughts, feelings, and emotions do. This is why we must build from God's unchanging truth, not our own version of truth. God talk makes the decision that what he says about us is the only thing that carries value. Placing the emphasis on his thoughts about us, our attention is on him and off of ourselves. God's word must carry a higher value to us over all humanistic thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And from there, we get to invite the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and help us rewire our thinking until it lines up with his value system. In order to do this, we actually have to get self out of the way so we can clearly see who we are through our maker's eyes. This is where being rooted in God's love becomes vital. We need to know the love of God that helps us recognize the high price that was paid for us and that we are seen through the blood of Jesus, his righteousness. We are the righteousness of Christ. We cannot earn our way to this place of confidence. It's already been secured through him. If you are struggling... If you are really struggling with believing God at his word, and you are one of those where you're like me, you've been a part of every ministry, you've read books, you've gone to conferences, you know, you've, you, you're just, you're, you're doing all that you can in your human strength, and you still have this stuff where you're really struggling to believe what God says about you. You're struggling in maybe different areas of your life. Maybe you've built your identity around your successes or maybe even your anointing or your platform or your ministry or your career or how clean your house is or maybe you're the opposite. Maybe you feel like you're a failure and you can't do anything right and your house is a mess and your children. Listen, we need to take our eyes off of what we see, whether it's good or bad. And we need to go get with the Father and sit in his presence and invite the Holy Spirit to reveal to each of us individually and personally, what am I believing about myself that is in opposition to what you say about me, Lord? And let him whisper to your heart, And if that activity that I shared with you is something that is speaking to you right now, do it. It's so practical. But don't do it apart from him. And if you don't already have that time established where you are actually sitting with God and you're dialoguing with him and you're saying, God, help me, help me in these areas, today is the day you get to begin that. 
That is what Jesus paid for. He paid for you to boldly and confidently go to your heavenly father and allow him to speak to you. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus paid for. And I promise you right now, you can hear his voice. Even if you don't even realize it yet, when you have that thought, when you go to him and you say, God, what do you say? And you get a thought that comes to your mind. That's the Holy Spirit whispering to you. Write it down, journal it. Start to interact with your heavenly father and allow him to speak to you on such a personal and deep level and allow him to take you on a journey of truth until you are walking in your true identity as his child. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.